the I haven't really woken up until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Hi, I'm Chris. And I'm also Chris. And together we do a comedy podcast called Cooking with Grief. Each week we dive into four surprising facts about anything from science to history to the weird world we live in, making jokes about all of it as we go along. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And you can also find us on Twitter at Cooking with Grief. No G on cooking. Glitter, apparently, is so unique that it can be effectively used as forensic evidence. The Bank of England's chief economist has urged to start using people's Spotify playlist as a way of measuring the economy. In China, Avengers has been translated as Fulian or Women's Federation. Not only did the Russians capture the uh, Crimean Peninsula, they also captured some Ukrainian military dolphins. In Pinocchio, when the film becomes a real boy, in the original it ends with a cat and a fox hanging him from a tree. Just... Scientists have wiped a snail's memory. <laughs> and Slytherin's going, can't we have an extensive <laughs> series of tunnels sort of wide enough to fit a giant people-killing snake? Where do you fall on the, uh, on the scone-scone debate? Scone, obviously. Oh, I love scone. So, what have you got to lose? Give us a try. Nothing to lose but your sweet, precious time. Yeah, that's true. The Potaskew Podcast is a proud member of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Welcome everybody to the Potaskew Podcast. I am CJ. With me as always is my pain in the ass hetero life mate Rico. What's going on, man? What did I do? <laughs> yeah, let's not talk about that. Anyway, um, <laughs> what's you up, dude? My, you sunk my battleship. Yeah, fuck you. Um, <laughs> what's going on? I'm, uh, I'm good, man. Um, good. Yeah, just, I saw a crackhead in Oakland. Yeah, so, I saw your saw your tweet. <laughs> yeah, uh, I've never seen a, a really high pitched giggle version or rendition of uh, Jailhouse Rock. But the, uh, what really freaked me out is the guy, like the crackhead, had a lit cigarette next to a gas station pump, and he's just like, you know, let's rock, everybody, let's rock. Like, well, it would have been great. As if you had taken a picture and then put it on Twitter and said, I found Elvis. That would have been fantastic. I mean, yeah, except like, I, I mean, I was driving and I was yeah. kind of like, it was, I mean, I really should have pulled over and been like, you know, you, you're, I don't know, dude. It, <laughs> I, I've, already gotten, I've already gotten in trouble from like allegedly holding my cell phone while driving and I didn't fucking need to do it again. With who? I didn't tell you this. I, I, I thought I did tell you. I got, I, I got, um. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. Where you got pulled over that one time? Yeah, I got yeah, pulled over. Yeah, you told that story. 
a yeah. couple of months ago. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Scared shit out of me. Yeah, I get that. Um, I thought you meant something else, like Steph or somebody. Um, no, I get, I only get in trouble with Steph whenever I I we argue about like X Men movies. I was gonna say whenever you open your mouth, but you know, no, whatever. whenever I open my mouth, I I'm I'm not in trouble. It's it's when she has a very different opinion, and then we just like I have to actually ask out loud. I'm like, are we having a fucking argument, Isn't or are that- we just debating? Usually the case, her having a very different perspective. No, no. I mean, <laughs> she, she she's got to like me. She she chose me. That's true. Automat- automatically, I think I win every argument because I'm like, you're automatically wrong because you chose me. Yeah, you kind of have a point there. I can't really argue yeah. against that. Yeah. yeah. See, I thought I made a good point. Um, I don't hear chuckling. I may think I'm in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. We love you, Steph. Um, we love you, Steph. Uh, <laughs> So, no, no, I'm safe. She, she, uh, she didn't listen to me. Oh, good. That's even she, better. She has, um, she her, she's gonna listen to this. And be like, you son of a bitch. Yeah, right. Um, speaking of sons I, of bitches, you know who's a pain in the balls? Magneto. Um, I don't. Yeah, it was terrible. It was a bad transition. I know. Oh, I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> you should have made a joke like Wolverine, like kicking someone in the balls, be like, grow those back. Oh, yeah, right. Um. Anyway, we are Which here. Which version of Magneto? What's that? Which version of Magneto? There's like, you know, well, two. Y- you know, that's interesting because, and that's a good way to start our episode off. I put up a poll for us on Twitter and asked our listeners who is the best Magneto um, Professor X combination. And our listeners have voted and said 69% to 31% that Patrick Stewart and Ian McKellen are a better Professor X Magneto combination than James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender. And that's out of 13 votes, so I don't know how excessive that is. Did you vote again, by the way, like you're not supposed to? I don't think so. Okay, good. No, I I didn't. Okay, good. Because you fucking yelled at me. <laughs> well, I'm trying to get our listeners' feedback, and you're skewing the results. Uh, pot of skewing it. <laughs> so, anyway, that being said, I um, we we are going to be talking about as many of the X Men movies as we can get our hands on um today. Uh, big big shout out! I want to do to start out the episode to Maddie Granger. I mean, we were fans of these movies before, but you know. I, I don't want to speak for you, but I certainly watch these now, especially the first two, with a very different perspective than I used to. Oh, sure. And I think even though we had nothing to do with it, we're like, <laughs> yeah. we have a sense of pride. We're like, our buddy worked on this 20 years ago. We're like, <laughs> we had nothing to do with it. But like, yeah, there's Maddie. Uh, yeah, Maddie worked on this. And Well, I mean, to the point that Deb was watching X1 with me and turned to me and said, all right, now, what part did Maddie write again? Like, she was really interested in what part, what parts Maddie had influence in. And the only one I remembered without going back to the episode was the sequence in the truck with Rogue and Wolverine, which we'll get to, I'm sure. But Yeah, um, I also, he also mentioned that his truck, his truck that he had was in the background at one point. Like, he, his truck was not the Wolverine truck. It was the, uh, there was like another truck with like a bunch of stickers and, and bumper stickers all over it in the oh, background. Like, 
like in the parking lot or something. Yeah. And that was Maddie's truck. I missed that. If he said that, I missed it. Yeah, I think he's. Yeah, I think I remember him telling me. Either told us that on the episode, or he told me in private. Because when I was, I did a fucking marathon with Steph. Steph hadn't seen the Any majority of, of the X Men movies, or you know, was like, which one's this? I don't fuck. I may have seen this. Yada yada yada. Right. And so I knew appreciation, just like you're talking about. We watched the first couple ones, and then we were like sending photos of us watching like clips <laughs> to Maddie, and he was just like. It is one thirty in the morning. I'm trying to go to sleep, but I'm glad you guys are having a good time. Like, <laughs> like he, he wasn't now- shitty. Guys. He's like, he's like, I'm happy. You, I'm happy you're happy, but like, it's I gotta go to bed, you guys. Now, now I know why I can't get him back on the damn show. I, I, because he's a busy motherfucker. Yes, he is. That's, um, it's not for me. Henry was actually asking if we were getting him on the episode today because he knows that this is what we're recording about. And I said I would love to, but trying to narrow Mandy down is like. <laughs> did we? Even, did you even ask him? No, I didn't. I I know how busy he is because I'm trying to get him for something else that we're trying to do. And I asked him how busy he was this month, and he said it's his busiest month of the year. So that's pretty insane because he's been busy, 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 uh, <laughs> for the past fucking like ever. Right. Um, he's- yeah, basically since start of the year. So, um, and we got spoiled, dude. When we first got him on that first episode, we we're like, oh, "Oh yeah, this guy's gonna have plenty of time to do this." And he just like because he gave us three fucking hours, and we're like, "Oh, dude, this dude can do this anytime." Yeah, and then he just nope. That was like a fluke, motherfuckers. Well, yeah, but when he has shown up again, he's given his cold, and I very much appreciate it. You know, like he showed up for the Oscar one, little drunk, but. Still, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, he, he, and, and he showed up for my birthday celebration yep. and he, he came on for the first uh, pot anniversary. Yep. So we, we've gotten him to come back and and share some moments with us. And that's always been great. And you know what? You mentioned or I mentioned the Oscar episode and that kind of leads me. Do we want to get the elephant in the room out of the way and talk a little bit about the director or do we want to just move on? Um, we can, we, a little bit, um, we, we've gone out of our way to not kind of get into this on previous recordings. And we've said that on air. So this is not some big secret to our listeners, but if we're going to talk about these movies, I think it is a little hard to talk about them and not talk about the director. Well, at least a director. I mean, yeah, I, I, I will reiterate. We are talking about Brian Singer, first of all. And unfortunately, Brian Singer does have some past and current controversy around him now we don't know brian singer we don't know his personal life all we know is the information that is out like you know right. you know and we are not saying anything we're not we're not saying that brian singer raped boys and blah blah blah, blah. we're not saying that no we are not at all but we we yeah. are in a we are in a point in our in our time with the me too movement where unfortunately, where there's smoke, there's fire, and when there's an you know an accusation, usually, not always, but sometimes there is a guilty party, right? And Hollywood is unfortunately known ever since there was the beginning of Hollywood. There has been the casting couch. There's been allegations. There's been harassment. This is all shit that we we do want to talk about on another episode for sure. Um, but the, but Brian Singer unfortunately does have that, you know, Kevin Spacey kind of 
you know, cloud of accusations around him. And the thing that, that my whole purpose for wanting to bring him up at all really was just to put out to the listeners that look, us talking about these movies are are not meant as an endorsement or a negative against him for his actions. Like we're not we're we're keeping the 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 material separate from the individual in in that regard. I will re- I will say that Brian Singer is a great filmmaker. I will say that Kevin Spacey's also a great actor. I will also say Bill Cosby was a great comedian. You know, it, it, unfortunately, they did some, some pretty despicable people, things, or at least yeah. well, one of them. One of them did despicable things. The other ones allegedly did despicable things. So, right. Look, Harvey Weinstein is the is is a horrible fucking human being, but he could fucking produce some of the greatest movies. I mean, he produced what seventy five percent of Kevin Smith's films. I mean, that's that's yeah. a big deal. You yeah. know, it, it, we wouldn't have a Kevin Smith filmography if it wasn't for Harvey Weinstein. He ruined tons of people's lives, and he deservingly deserve, he needs to be in jail. Right. Um, so, but, but, but we're not we, we're not validating, and we're not we are neither denying nor confirming anything because we don't know anything. All we know, like I said, all we know is what we've heard. Correct. So I just I just wanted to kind of get that out of the way so that we could sit back and then talk silliness for the rest of this thing. Yeah, you know? we're not gonna we're not gonna be fucking making any jokes like, oh, did Brian? You know, yeah, no, don't even fucking... don't even make the joke. Just we're not gonna make any jokes about what he's accused of because it's right. not a funny topic. So it's not. Yeah. So let's um X X Men One or at the time just. X-Men. It's now kind of been renamed X1, but it's not officially, I think. Um, I, I mean, I think some fans do- dub it X1, but I mean, it's always going to be just X-Men for me. Well, right. And it's just like, a, there's there's albums out there, like, for example, Metallica's uh, fifth studio album is commonly referred to by the fans and even by some professionals as the Black Album. But the actual official title of the album is just Metallica. It's Metallica, Metallica. It's a self-titled album. So right. it's the same kind of concept where the fans or the public have given it another name to help identify it from other things that are out there. And sure. at this point, there's so many X-Men movies, and all of them, for the most part, I think, have a subtitle of some capacity that this yeah. is just a way to identify this one from the other ones because I think X2 is the only other one that's not really a... Su- I don't think there's a subtitle on X2. I think it's just X2, right? Oh, it is. It's X2, X-Men United. That's right. You're right. So it's so this, this first one's the only one really without a subtitle then. Yeah, because it's yeah. the OG. Right. Um, They're going to read it just be called X-Men OG. <laughs> yeah. Um. So I want to start with... Well, I don't know where to start with it because we don't need to go through these like chronologically, do we? Or do we want to do that? Let's do it by order of release. Okay, because what I was going to bring up, and maybe we'll come back to this, but I know some people that think that this one and the second one are the only two good X-Men movies, period. And to be fair, they don't include Deadpool in that collective. Like, Deadpool's its own... Beast. What about the what about Wolverine? The Wolverine's include, part, yeah. 
which I don't understand why that's one and one's not the other, but I guess because Deadpool's never really... I mean, he's been in X-Men, but not like a Wolverine. Do you know what I mean? Like, Wolverine's an X-Man. You don't think of... I, I think they're probably comparing... They're they're differentiating it because Deadpool can break the fourth wall. It's more tongue-in-cheek. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired a lounge singer to be their office receptionist. Hello, this is Mickey Marquis, and you've reached the office of Doug and Associates. <laughs> Thank you very much. Catch me Tuesday nights at the Hotel Johnson... Hello? But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Doug and Associates, this is Mickey Market. Hello? For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. Time to take this submarine back up. Uh, but it's tax season up there, Captain. You know, all that stressing over taxes isn't necessary with Tax Act. How did you get... April here. To remind you that with Tax Act, you're guaranteed your maximum refund while filing for less. Beats being submerged for another month. May hey, Captain? To your stations. We're headed home. Guess I should probably close that window I opened. What? Kidding. Tax Act. Switch to Tax Act today and start for free. See TaxAct.com for details. It's more satirical. It's more, right. you know, whereas Wolverine is like... I don't know what's going on around me. And Deadpool's like, let me tell you what's going on around you. Like, yeah, you know, that's, right, that's really, right. That's so, really the difference. I mean, Deadpool two has, I mean, both Deadpools have a ton of X-Men characters. They really don't just don't have the main players. They have the low, low bottom of the barrel, low rent characters. My favorite very quickly, cause this will not take long, but my favorite line in regards to an, to the X-Men from Deadpool is and I'm gonna screw up the exact line because I don't remember the exact line, but he's talking about the house that blows up every two years and Colossus like house blowing up builds character. Like that yeah. whole little exchange cracks me the fuck up every time. Well the funny thing was is that when 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 Deadpool said that, then Apocalypse, I think, came out a couple months later. And blew up the house. And they blew up the fucking house. So it's like Deadpool was giving us a hint because we're like, when the fuck did the house blow up? And they were like, oh, shit. Yeah, that's true. Well, it was destroyed a little bit in the um, in the second one, as we'll get to. But It wasn't destroyed. There was some bullets flying inside, but no, there was they nothing. they broke through some windows and I think a wall. Like, it wasn't, yeah. All right. I mean, it was still 90%. I would. Oh, yeah. It wasn't like falling down. But anyway, um, so yeah, X1, it, listen, I remember when this movie was announced and it comes out in 2000, but it was announced, I want to say in 98. Like it was announced way earlier than when it actually came out. Like I they think were, I even remember like researching it might have been as early as like 97. Okay, because you would have been six at the time if my math serves me correctly. Sure. Um, no, I'm not saying I found out about it in 97. I'm saying doing research. I'm oh. like... Okay, well, I'm talking about when, when I actually heard this came out. Because you got to remember something. And this is where we have some fun with this show. I was graduating high school that year. <laughs> so, just to yeah, do you know, the... Because you're all this shit! I am. Um, I am officially four months away from 40. And, yeah. So, that said... Um, but the age like Wolverine. I wish I did. Uh, <laughs> don't look for 
You don't. I don't look. look yeah, I don't look forty, but I feel it. He probably doesn't feel his age. Although, according to Wolverine Origins, he's like four hundred and twenty years old. Um, no, he's not that old. He's two hundred. Still, I mean, like I know that. He's a, so he's a spry two hundred year old. Yeah, right. I mean, and that kind of goes back to to this movie where at one point, and we're jumping around already in the movie, but where he first appears in the uh, the mansion. And after he's done his full examination with Jean Grey, so this is after he's woken up from the being unconscious, and she's explaining to everybody what she found, and she's like, the way he ages is different because of his healing properties or whatever. He very well could be older than you, Professor. Like, that's a line from the... Yeah, but and, also, Patrick Stewart ages like no one else. Like, he, he does... He, Patrick Stewart's looked exactly the same, until all of a sudden he didn't. Like he, there was a period where Patrick Stewart looked exactly the same as he did in like Star Trek, as he did in like the more recent, uh, like uh, Days of Future Past. And then all of a sudden he looks his age. No, because if you look at the stuff for Picard, he looks. If you've seen the trailers for Picard, he looks like Picard. Like he doesn't. He looks old. He looks older. Nah. His body's finally catching up to his face. Is what I'm saying. But um, I've I've been getting see rewatching all these movies. I think James McAvoy is a very good actor, and I think he is a logical good choice for a young Patrick Stewart. As what as was I think Fastbender for Magneto. Like I think they were both really good. If when they announced they were going to reboot this series, and we haven't even gotten into this first one yet, but when they announced they were going to reboot this series, they made. Great choices for these two characters. Agreed. Even even but, Mystique. The Mystique choice was a good one with Jennifer Lawrence. Like, I feel like that worked. I, I agree that worked. I'm, my issue, and, and again, we are jumping over the place. My problem is that First Class is set in 62. Dark Phoenix is set in 93. Uh, X-Men 1 is set in 2000. Yeah. On what fucking planet does James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender age so dramatically in, in seven six years? Yeah. <laughs> seven years. Yeah. It's, I mean, I, you make the argument that McAvoy, like that McAvoy's uh, ex Professor X, just became a full on teacher and that stressed the shit out of him. <laughs> and that he became looking like Patrick Stewart. I mean, for me, that's the only real gap. Because, and I know you're probably going to point out a few others, and I, and if you're going to point out the ones I think you're going to point out, I think I have rebuttals, but we'll see when we get there. Um, but for me, that's the real only big, like, looming gap, plot hole, whatever you want to call it, is that transition from what they look like in Dark Phoenix to what they look like in X1, you know? Right. There, there's some other fucking plot holes, like, also, when... When they do the flashback in The Last Stand, where they visit Jean Grey when she's a kid, yeah, uh, Patrick Stewart's walking, whereas he becomes crippled in the sixties. Shit like that. And now, right. Days of Future Past sort of retconned everything. It was a whole let's well, shake up everything and have alternate timelines. And I was I was going to bring that up because basically that resets everything from seventy three on, so that you know, whatever they do after that 
is, you know what I mean, different, essentially. But you still, but that's, but that's my point, is that Days of Future Past is set in 73. And the future. Right, which... But he's already been crippled in the 60s. No, 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 I, I, I get you there. That's, I mean, you're right, I... I didn't go back and watch Last Stand because I hated it so much. So it's one of the ones I did not go back and rewatch. So I I don't remember that part. I'm not saying I don't believe you. I'm saying I don't remember. So you pointing that out is like, oh shit, okay, because I forgot about that. But if you take, I'll t- I'll put it this way: if you take X three out of the mix, it lines up, except for the age thing you talk about from Dark Phoenix to the. The latter, um, you know, X one, it, it it pretty much lines up. The because of what you brought up that I was going to bring up anyway, so you beat me to it. That in 1973, with the the what happens in Days of Future Past, resets the timeline completely. I would reiterate that if you took out Last Stand and the movie The Wolverine, where he goes to Japan, right then. One, you're like, well, what happened in Jean Grey? Nothing happened in Jean Grey. She just doesn't belong on the X Men anymore. I, I just don't, I don't count the Wolverine movies as part of this timeline from a timeline perspective. Except that Jean Grey is a is Wolverine is essentially a direct sequel to The Last Stand. Okay. It's all about him being haunted by Jean Grey in his visions and memories and dreams and shit. Wait, Origins or The Wolverine? The Wolverine. Okay, okay. Yeah, I I know which one you're talking about. I'm just making sure I heard you. Um, I mean, I guess you got a point there, but I I don't know. My point is, I mean, you could do alternate timelines, but really it's just that. And no disrespect to David Hayter or Matty Granger or Brian Singer or anybody else. Or any of the other people that rewrote, like Simon Kinberg and fucking uh, who, whoever the fuck, y'all don't talk to each other. Like if you're gonna, <laughs> like, like well, you need I mean, fucking like, say we can't put that line there because we fucking that undoes everything that we just did in this other movie. Well, and 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 I'm pretty sure Maddie said this on air, but if he didn't, then maybe I'll I'll edit this. But he told us that after X two, he really had nothing to do. Him and he said him and Singer had nothing to do with it, but that's not true because they Singer's involved with Days of Future Past and First Class and Apocalypse. He directed Days of Future Past and Apocalypse X One and X Two. He he, I don't even think he was on uh, First Class. I thought he was. First, Let me First Class. First Class, I think, was done by the guy who did uh, Kingsman. I think it's uh, Matt Vaughn, Matthew Vaughn. I want to say. I'm looking. Hold on. But I think uh, Maddie's only done the first two. And right, Maddie was only involved seven. in the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew that. I'm just saying. I but I even said like I haven't even seen any of the other ones. Like except he's all Logan, except Logan because he brought that up. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're right. Matthew Vaughn for first class. For but for director, but Brian Singer wrote the story. He didn't write the screenplay, but he wrote the story according to this. <laughs> So he wrote a treatment. He wrote he wrote a story and he gave basically an outline of like this is what it should be. And then um Ashley Miller, Zach Stentz, Jane Goldman, and Matthew Vaughn wrote the screenplay. For first class? For first class, yeah. So Jane, Jane Goldman, if I remember correctly, is she wrote uh the screenplay for The Woman in Black. 
which I actually dug. She did. She is a she is a comic book nut. She's like, I think she's married to that British comedian. Um, he's he has a hard time pronouncing his R's. He always pronounces them as W's. Um, British comedian. Yeah, uh, something uh, Jonathan Ross. That's who I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. And I think there are a couple, and, and yada yada. It doesn't matter. Um, I will say that every Brian Singer X Men directed movie, or that he had a hand in, is usually one of the better ones. Um, real quick, you're right about his her husband. Not that that's like a big deal, but I pulled it up. You're right. So. I was I was just trying to place place her and um. She also, just to give her some more comic book cred, I guess, she was she wrote the screenplay for Kick Ass, which is a comic book for a lot of people who don't realize. Like it's a it's a dark oh, yeah. horse like separate thing. It's not a mainstream X Men, you know, um, Avengers level comic, but it's still a comic book. And so she wrote the screenplay for that as well, and the screenplay for Kingsman, the Secret Service. Oh, actually, both of them. So, um. See the trailer for the new one that's coming out? I have not. No, no I've it's not. called The King's Man. It's a prequel set in like World War One. It's the origins and beginnings of the Kingsman. I heard they were doing that, but I didn't realize there was a trailer for it. Dude, I'm 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 ready for it. Like Ray Fiennes plays the King's Man. Oh, that'll be good. That'll be good, right? Yeah, that'll be good. I'd be curious. Like he's but got I that mean, regal like. I'm a gentleman kind of dude. Yeah, I'm into These it. have all been good, though. I mean, let's be honest about it. They've all been pretty good. I I know a lot of people didn't like the second one as much, but I liked it. I liked the second one. I just liked the first one more. Oh, so but did I. I agree. So very good. I yeah. thought Julianne Moore could, was a creepy Martha Stewart-esque <laughs> villain. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I fucking cried when, not, spoiler, when Mark Strong fucking died in the yeah. second one. Yeah, I like Mark I've Strong. I've never been like, Dude, I I've never been a fan of the fucking song "Country Road." Like <laughs> Mark Strong is doing it in a blaze of exploding glory. I'm like, I'm into it, dude. Yeah, right. Um, All right. Well, that being said, so let's get back to the first X Men because we or do uh, we or do we have more high level in general things we want to get to first? No. Um. What I was gonna say is. X-Men set the tone, Spider-Man, but we, like we talked about in our Blade episode, Blade was the one that first came out and then sure. paved the way for X-Men. Yes. Without agreed. Blade, you don't get X-Men. Without X-Men, you don't get Deadpool. Without Blade, you don't get Deadpool, which right. is funny. Ryan Reynolds yes. is in both. Yeah. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is, we titled our episode Bladepool. And actually, um, I think it's also why you don't get, I think you don't get, I mean, Deadpool without... Wolverine Origins because the version of Deadpool in that movie is so terrible that I think it's why there was such a push to make the ones we've ultimately got, you know. Well, Ryan Reynolds pushed it. I mean, he, Well, yeah, but I'm I'm saying like he and we've talked about this before, so let's try to keep it as quick as possible, but if I recall from our last time we talked about this, he was not really a, a Deadpool person until he got that role, but then he immersed himself in the character, and by the end of the filming, realized that that's not what Deadpool really is, so he then what pushed I, for the correct what one. What I remember was that David S. Goyer gave him a script, uh, gave him a comic on the set of Blade Trinity, and said, this is a comic book character you need to fucking play. 
And then they, I think they probably wrote him into X-Men Origins. And then Ryan Reynolds was like, I've got to play this. Not to mention even Deadpool in the comic says that he resembles a Sharpay mixed with Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> so it was basically written for him as far as anyone's right. concerned. Um, but going back to the first X-Men, why so, is it yeah. so great? Well, it because... Okay, so as great as Bleed is, right, not a lot of people in the mainstream knew he was a comic book character. Like, I knew who he was, you know, right. and, and people of our ilk, if you will, like, knew who he was. But Joe Schmo walking down the street couldn't have picked Blade from a lineup. Unlike a Spider-Man or a Captain America, even if they didn't know a lot about the history of the character or the background or whatever, they could go and you could just show them a picture and be like, oh, well, that's Spider-Man or that's Captain America or or even to a lesser extent, that's Wolverine. You know what I mean? The, I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, <laughs> I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Finding the right person for the job isn't easy. Just ask someone who hired their personal trainer as a caterer. All right, folks, let's keep this line moving. You there with the tongs. Picking up one Duchess potato at a time will not cut it at my catering table. Drop and give me 50. But if you've got an insurance question, you can always count on your local GEICO agent. They can bundle your policies, which could save you hundreds. Okay, this is what we call the wild mushroom and asparagus dip, dip, and press. Come on, let's get those plates above your heads. For expert help with all your insurance needs, visit geico.com slash local today. And so what the X-Men gave you was the first, and it's certainly not R-rated or, and I'm not comparing it apples to apples, but it's the first dark and gritty comic book movie that you got that people recognize. Because Spider-Man was not as dark and gritty. I will agree but disagree because you're forgetting Batman. No, well, okay. Marvel character. Yeah. That's, okay. that's, I mean, you also have to remember they did try and make some comic book movies. Sure. Bef but, I mean, Marvel. Marvel tried yes. to do some comic book movies. The before. Nick Fury one with David Hasselhoff and the Punisher with the Dolph Lundgren and all. The, yeah. Right. And that was 80 something. That was 89 or 90. Right. But so I, it failed because the, it wasn't. It was just badly written. Let's put it this way. That the reason too, yeah. why X-Men works is because it's, it was fans writing a script. Well, and we have to remember, you know, one of the things that Maddie informed us of, and we easily could have seen just by fucking reading the credits, but Kevin Feige was involved. And, mm -hmm. you know, a much lesser extent than he is in the now Marvel Cinematic Universe. And... Right which we'll try to get into either tonight or next episode, also the now Star Wars universe. But, mm -hmm. you know, he he does his stuff with love, and we've talked about that at once. I mean, we've sucked Kevin Feige off more times than his wife, probably. Um, you know... <laughs> 
I love when I can get that look out of you because it's so rare. Um. Uh, yeah, I I don't what. <laughs> um. I feel- I feel like my words came out of your mouth, and it was like really threw me off. Nah, every once in a while it happens. But um, I... the point is that like you had a lot of people working on this movie that even if they weren't who they are now, meaning Kevin Feige, you know, mm-hmm. were coming into it with the same amount of passion and dedication and love and reverence for the material so that you ultimately get a good quality product. There were some, you know, discrepancies, if you will, like Hugh Jackman and and I think Maddie got into this during the the conversation we had with him. But you know, Hugh Jackman physically does not fit what Wolverine looks like, but it it still worked. You know what I mean? And for a lot it of was people a now, that off. it was a total gamble. But I mean, so would have been Dugray Scott if he hadn't gotten hurt and played the role. I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know that people would have accepted that more because he's not drastically different looking than Hugh Jackman in terms of stature. True. I I mean, Russell Crowe was another possibility. Russell Crowe was the one who basically recommended Hugh Jackman. Did he say that? I don't remember. Russell Crowe said that and Hugh Jackman said that. I don't know if Maddie confirmed it, but but Russell had just uh, finished uh, filming Gladiator. Right. And he turned it down because he said it's too similar to Gladiator. It's like, that, I just did an aggressive fucking role. That, and I think it was, there was something contractually that he wasn't allowed to do it as well for Maybe. the same reason, for something with Gladiator. But, um, but he recommended Hugh Jackman. He said, you got to get this guy to do it. But the, the, the bigger point is that he... While he doesn't fit the mold, if you will, quote unquote, you know, it worked. And for a lot of people now, Hugh Jackman is Wolverine. Like, agreed. You know, I mean, um, for fans, we've had to kind of, you know, close our eyes and be like, "That's Wolverine." We, you know, it. We've had to. Fans will are the were are the worst. We are the worst nitpickers. Yes. When it comes to comic book movies. But we're also open, like we're open to interpretation. We're open to ideas. If we, if we were getting super, like it's got to be comics accurate, then Elizabeth Olsen as Scarlet Witch would look fucking ridiculous. Her costume is is not a very good comic book costume. No. So them giving her a trench coat with fucking Wonder Bra, you know, <laughs> works. Because well, we're like, I mean, okay, it's Scarlet Witch. And if we were super accurate, then then Nick Fury would be white. Well, that's one of the things I was about to bring up is like, you know, you you look at the the characters list and it doesn't, it didn't work. You know what I mean? Like, I'm looking at the cast of the original X Men X One, and I'm looking at this right here, and like the only person who, quote unquote, and I'm again just air quotes here, fits the mold of the character they're playing is Halle Berry as Storm, really. In what way? Well, complexion and things like that. Like, she's always been... Uh, Patrick Stewart as Well, Professor okay, X. yes, I'm sorry, you're right, but that's... Ian McKellen looks like fucking Magneto. In some point, for it's believable. Yeah. Um, the, the, the point is, though, if you looked at this list, right, like, I'm trying to... Let me get this up here, hold on. I mean, Tyler Maine looked like Sabretooth. 
Right, but he nobody knew who. No, but right, when you're when you're looking at this list of actors, and it's 1990, try to put yourself in my shoes. So it's 1998. You're looking at this okay. list of actors. You know, you're an 18 year old kid who's probably going to go to the movies with you know his girlfriend or whatever. How many of these names do you know at that point? At that point, think about 1998, not now. And Patrick at Stewart. That- at that point, for me, it would have been Patrick Stewart, Halle Berry, probably McKellen, and that would have been it. And Rebecca uh, Romaine, and that's only because of who she was as a model, not and that she was married to John Stamos, not who she was herself. You know, I would probably, I would have probably rec- uh, recognized Anna Paquin because that's, of Fly Away Home. Right, but that's you, and that's not a shot at you, but you have always been. I'm talking, you know. 18-year-old high school kid who's just a casual moviegoer, you know. Okay, well then, yeah, James Marsden was not super well-established. Um, Anna Paquin yeah. wasn't at that point? Anna Paquin had an Oscar. What are you talking about? But you're, you're not looking at it from the right perspective, Rico, and that's the problem. You're looking at it from a person who loves fucking movies. And that's great that you love movies, but like... Okay, I would say that like... I would have looked and been like, huh, that guy who plays Toad moves like Darth Maul. Because that's you. That's what I'm trying to get you to understand. You study this shit. No, but I'm saying that if I went to the movie not knowing who's playing Toad and then watched the movie, I'd been like, that's that's Darth Maul. That would have been my casual film goer been like, I thought that guy looked like moves like a Sith Lord. Like, I have this, I have Anna Paquin's IMDb open right now, right? And looking at her IMDb as a casual moviegoer, right? Yep. The only movie that I think she would have, people would have recognized her from that were casual moviegoers that were between the ages of 16 and 18, and that's She's All That. There's nothing else here that she would have been recognized from. Now, she's been in, in some stuff that was already big at that point. She was in Amistad. She was in A Walk on the Moon. She was in Jane Eyre. Eyre I'm not sure how you say that. She was in The Piano. Like, she was in some heavy movies, but they weren't movies that... She wasn't a name. She didn't become a name until X-Men and then later on True Blood, you know? Very true. But that also goes with Ian McKellen. Ian McKellen had been a ton of old shit. But what's a movie before X-Men where Ian McKellen, like, that you would have been able to recognize? Well, that's, Apart- kind of, that's kind of my point. The only two names you really would have known were Halle Berry and, yes, I slipped and forgot about Patrick Stewart. And Patrick Stewart primarily from Star Trek. Because that's True. all I knew him from prior to this was... Well, oh, uh, and Conspiracy Theory with... Um, uh, Mel Gibson. Halle Berry was in one thing before that. That like, I mean, she's been in other movies, but like a casual film guard been like, isn't that the chick from uh, uh, Monsters Ball? Like that would have been basically it. In mm. other words, this movie had a series of unknowns. No, see, even to the point she was in the Flintstones. At that point, a lot of people my age would have seen that. Oh yeah, I forgot. Yeah, she played Sharon Stone. I remember she that. Was- and she was in Boomerang, which was a big thing, at least around here, and I would assume okay. around you too. You know what I mean? Um, I, 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 I mean, I didn't see Boomerang until I was an adult. Well, yes, but I'm saying from a a 
you know, people but I, recognize I've never it. even heard of, I've never even heard people ever make a reference to Boomerang, personally. Oh, well, Boomerang was big when it came out. Really? Uh, yeah, I, yeah. I, I've, every time someone brings up Eddie Murphy, they never bring up Boomerang around me. It's no. always Fairly Scop, it's always Dr. Doolittle, it's always, uh, the, um, the characters that are the actors, the the actors that I always hear reference when it comes to Boomerang, and I got to pull up the list to be honest with you because I don't remember names. Are the the females? The females were the ones that came out of that movie much bigger than him. The the, the people that I hear bring up Boomerang was isn't like Mike Ty- didn't Mike Tyson beat the shit out of one of them? Like that's what I've heard. Right, but that was also 1992. So I mean, just to give it a perspective, I mean, at the time, you know. Yeah. So, time I was one. Right. <laughs> I mean, but like Robin Givens, Halle Berry, um, Eartha Kitt, like those are names that came out. Of, I mean, Eartha Kitt, Eartha Kitt was already somebody, but the other two, those are names that came out of this movie. You know, not so much. Wait, so Boomerang had two Catwomen in it? Yeah. Ah, wow. All right, look, um, and then you, Tisha you Campbell Martin, that's another name that would have come out of that movie, you know, because she was big on Martin at the time. So anyway... Yeah, you you make a point. You make a fair point that there was really. You're right. Patrick Stewart and Halle Berry are really the only names, unless you're a fucking thespian, and you're like, I've been studying Ian McKellen since the '70s. Right. You know. I mean, uh, this is not to say that these actors are are that were in this, especially someone like Ian McKellen, were nobody. It's just that nobody knew who they were. Do you know what I mean? Film star, yeah. You know, um, you know, so like Fam Famke Jansen, who knew who that was? Oh no, I forget. No, she was a Bond villainess in Goldeneye. Okay, but that might be the only thing she's known for prior to this movie. Agreed, but she That's was what... very fucking memorable. Okay, she might have been, and I'm not saying she wasn't, but I'm saying to you that was she a household name? I think she became a household name after Goldeneye, but she was very selective of her filmography. I don't know about that because she did a ton of shit. I'm sitting here looking at I it. Think, I, think, I think she's a household name, except no one how, knows how to pronounce her fucking name. Well, there's that too, but I mean, yes, I think is how it is. I'm saying that, except I'm sticking with my point. That except for Patrick Stewart and Halle Berry, most people didn't know who the who most of these actors were. You know. You're, you're not wrong. I'm, I'm, I was, I, you're right. I was trying to find other people to be like, no, but, but, mm-mm. and the closest I can get would be now Famke Jensen. The only, the only, and you got to keep in mind, like, again, and this is not me taking, I know we joke about the age difference, but this is not me taking a shot at you, but at the time, the advertising was centered around Patrick Stewart, Halle Berry, Rebecca Romain and Hugh Jackman. And Hugh Jackman, the only reason why he was part of it was because they were trying to give him that push. Because once you see the movie, you realize that Wolverine is a major fucking player in the movie. Oh, yeah. So, no, but I'm saying, because no one had seen the movie at that point. It was just the advertising leading up to it. And, you know, so you're like, why are they pushing this guy that nobody's heard of? And then once you see the movie, you're like, oh, okay. (laughs) Do you remember seeing the movie in theaters? I didn't. Because I don't think I saw it in theaters. I, I'm I think pretty... I saw it. I think I saw it in theaters. I, I because... must have. I think I was freaked out a, a couple times. I could see that. There's some freak out mo- points to a young. When Senator Kelly or Kylie, it's Kelly, right? Or is what? it Kylie? Senator Kelly. Yeah, it's Kelly. 
Yeah. Okay. When he fucking like turns into water, water. <laughs> that he, freaks the fuck out of me. When he finally dies, or when he just squished through the bars. Both. <laughs> okay. Fair Look, enough. That was so fucking weird to me because I still don't know what the fuck he turned into. He became a mutant, but I don't know what the fuck he is. I I think I think his cells just started to mutate, but never actually became something, and that's how he became liquid. That's really how I've always interpreted it. That's that's pretty fair. Um, um, which, by the way, before we get any further, although we're already almost an hour in, I listen. A lot of these movies are twenty plus years old at this point, so you know, spoilers, but we are going to eventually talk about Dark Phoenix, and that is a newer one, so just be aware spoilers are coming. Yeah. Let's let's jump to X2, because you're right. We've already been like an hour in, and we barely even talked about the first movie. Well, because we were we were, we were kind of setting the, setting the table, though, and um, I, I do want to say one or two other quick things about this first one before we move on, and... That's like that was that there were a lot of things because I was I was a fan of X Men the animated series going into this movie and a lot of people I know that watched the movie were too so you go into this expecting something closer to that and you don't get that so you know even to the point where Wolverine and we've talked about this before but Wolverine makes a joke about what did you want or or. Cyclops makes a joke about what did you want us to wear yellow spandex? You know, right? Um, Instead, they all look like they shop at the fucking Matrix. Yeah, but you know, you you still get your first look, and that's the other thing about this compared to Blade or Spider Man or even Bat. If you're struggling with alcohol or drugs, Recovery Centers of America can help. The holidays are over, the new year is here, and the time to act is now. Expert private care at Recovery Centers of America will get you on the road to recovery today. At our award-winning and fully accredited treatment centers on the Eastern Shore and in Southern Maryland, you will be treated with compassion, dignity, and respect by our dedicated team of professionals. You will also benefit from specialized programs, 24-hour medical care, and the comfort of our outstanding facilities. Let us help you. We will answer your call 24-7 and can get you into treatment as soon as today. If outpatient care is right for you, you can receive a same-day assessment and attend therapy in person or virtually. And because we accept most private insurance plans, you get premium care without the premium price. Don't wait. Start your new year. Start your new life today. Call 1-888-RECOVERY now. That's 1-888-RECOVERY. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. Is it's the first one you really get a good look at powers. Like Spider Man had to climb up the wall. I'm not gonna take that away from him, you know. But no, no, no. But I'm just saying this is the first one you really get a look at, like some extreme superhuman power in, you know, with Cyclops with the eye blasts and Storm with changing the weather and Wolverine popping those claws out after getting like, you know sliced open and watching his skin like grow back together 
you know. Or, or or for me, it was the opening scene of the first X Men where Magneto, as a boy, yeah, bends the bars. That that for me is one of the best uh, origin showings of a character. Well, and and that leads- that's for me why First Class works is because they re- painstakingly recreated it. I was just going to ask you about that. Did you like the remake of that sequence? And I don't mean it in a negative way, but would it have been better to literally, because they own both properties, meaning like it's not like a separate company. They could have literally cut and paste that sequence into the movie and then transition from there. No, because they had to remake it because they had to have a different young actor play Lyncher. talk play Lencher. Okay. Talk to fucking um Kevin Bacon. Well that's after the fact. I'm saying you know, prior like the, I'm talking about the actual sequence with the guards and the gate. I'm talking about that part. Well they had that. It's pains it's it well, yeah, I get that, but I'm side- saying they could have just I don't feel like you got a good enough look at the kid's face that they could have cut and pasted that and still put the other actor in. Oh, no, they definitely did. You definitely got a good look because the kid's screaming for his parents. Like, you, 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 you very clearly see it. I mean, there's this guy on YouTube who does like videos of side by side comparisons and he does it all the time where he also will do the most, uh, all the portrayals of a certain actor or, okay. or a certain celebrity. He did a side by side comparison of X-Men 1 and X-Men First Class. It's pretty fucking close. Oh, I'm sure I can tell it is. And I th- and to your point about it being painstakingly accurate, like I felt like they got really heavily to do that. And my if if I was to guess, even though he didn't direct it, that's where Brian Singer's influence comes from. Like he says to them, you know, because yeah. he's involved in the movie. We already discussed that. You know, he may not have directed it, but he's involved. So he very easily could have gone to Matthew Vaughn and been like, dude, if you're going to do this sequence, you've got to get it like dead on, especially because I yeah. think they knew they wanted to bridge the gap with Days of Future Past. Like, I think that was a plan before they ever shot a scene from from first class. Um, I think there was always the question of will McAvoy and Patrick Stewart ever share the screen? Will Fossbender and McKellen ever share the screen? I think there was always, ever since McAvoy and and uh, um, Fossbender were cast, there was always the comparison. There was right. always we've got to get these two Professor X's and two Magnetos somehow together. I don't know if it was as early as first class they planned for Days of Future Past because even I think even like Jennifer Lawrence was told she was going to be in Days of Future Past on like the red carpet. She's like, is that what we're doing? It's called Days of What? <laughs> okay, fair but enough. That could, that could just be Jennifer Lawrence. Like, right. You know, right. So I want to go back. I want to step up a little further though. And one of the things I noticed going back and watching these, and I didn't, like I said, I didn't watch X3 again. And so I don't know if it happens in X3. And I don't remember if it happens in Logan. But in all the movies that Professor X is in, he opens the movie. It's him talking that opens the movie. Um, and it just depends on which Professor X you get that actually who which actor does the voiceover. And I, by I, the way, to I would say probably McAvoy's credit, but maybe Brian Singer. Um, 
in Days of Future Past, they let Patrick Stewart do it over McAvoy. I'm not 100% positive on this, but I want to say Famke Jensen does an opening narration. I want to say she does it for like X2 or X from the Last Stand. Because I think it's Last Stand then, because I know I know for a fact it's Patrick Stewart for X2. Then it's probably Last Stand because she is the OG Dark Phoenix. Right, right. You know, it, it really is her movie. Um, but X-Men, X, X2, X-Men United set the tone that we were getting, which was the comic book movie, first one, is a really good origin story, but they have to do a lot of origin shit. They have to show how so-and-so got his fucking blah, 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 how he got his power. Same with Spider-Man, same with Iron Man. And usually they can then just go nuts with the second one. That's what X-Men 2 is, is them going nuts with, we've, everyone's already seen the first one, we don't need to introduce, you know, any of this exposition, to a certain degree. So, right. Spider-Man 2 is the superior Spider-Man film over the first one, because it's just him swinging around, having fucking, going nuts with his powers. Right, right. Iron Man 2, unfortunately, wasn't as good as his first one. So, I disagree, but, that, but we've had that conversation multiple times. So, <laughs> but usually a comic book sequel like The Dark Knight. Yes, you know, although I, you know I, prefer, well, yeah, yeah, I know you prefer Batman Begins over The Dark Knight, but but you know what I like about these movies, and we're jumping a little bit here, but they do actually reference that in in um, Apocalypse because they're they so just to refresh oh, your yeah, memory. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, um, Jean Grey, Cyclops, Nightcrawler, and Jubilee go out yeah. to the mall, and then ultimately the movies. And when they come out of the movies, they 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 saw uh, less uh, no um, Return of the Jedi, yeah. and they're discussing it and how one of them saying Empire is better than the than a New Hope, and and then. Uh, Jean Grey's character says, "Well, they all know. We all know the third one is usually the terrible one or the bad one or something like that." Yeah, but uh, the Apocalypse is a fucking is is much better than Dark Phoenix, as far as I'm concerned. I disagree. I I like Dark Phoenix better. Really? I'm not saying drastically better. And of the McAvoy collection, if you will, just to differentiate them, you know, it's still the bottom two of the movies like for me it's of those four just those four it's days of future past first class probably dark phoenix and then apocalypse i i would disagree just by the bottom two i would say dark and my see i got this is what, what my argument with steph was about last night she loved apocalypse and she loved she didn't i mean she liked dark phoenix my problem with Dark Phoenix was that, for me personally, Apocalypse felt more like an ending, whereas Dark Phoenix felt like the lost chapter that they're trying to cram into the storyline. Well, yeah, from that perspective, I have to agree with you, but I felt that Dark Phoenix felt more X-Men than Apocalypse. Mm. I will say that Dark Phoenix and and Apocalypse and Days of Future Past and First Class and all these other X-Men movies seem like X-Men movies. 
There are there they are the characters. Wait, wait. Look X Men movies seemed like X Men movies. Well, that makes sense. Well, no, but I'm saying they they <laughs> look they they do look like pages come to life, especially Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix looks like the Dark Phoenix storyline. It looks it has the cinematography. It has the the splash pages looking like it's not as good as as the MCU type of you know no. comic book movies. Which you know, Endgame is is always going to set the bar because it had a fucking like it had the every character. It had the ultimate splash page. There's never right. been one since, or the the closest thing you get to because I know it's you're talking about Avengers Assemble and then yeah. <laughs> all hell breaks loose. But the closest yeah. thing to that is the the battle sequence at the end of Infinity War because that's almost as good. It's almost. almost as good, but before before we got those, we got Age of Ultron, where in the opening scene, where they're all, like, leaping, like, towards, like, ready to yeah. fight, and, like, you see the close-up of Hulk's face roaring, and then, that was our splash page. That, that was the best thing we got up at that. that and, the, up at, and the church scene at the end, when they're all, and the robots come at them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and also, even the cinematic fight of an in-Civil War is a splash page. Yeah, Spider Man swinging from Giant Man is fucking yep. exactly what it would be. Told, yeah, hundred percent agree. The point, the point you're making, I think, and I don't mean to speak for you, but just so we can move on, is you know, this they never really hit that that mark with any of these X Men movies. There've been good scenes and there've been great sequences, but they never hit that those mark. We just picked out six points in four movies, you know that. X-Men didn't come close to. I mean, the the only the all there's only three sequences I can think of in all of the X-Men movies, all of them. That would be close to that mark and ironically, they all involve Wolverine. All of them. Because you have the okay. sequence, you have the sequence in Apocalypse where they let him out of the cage essentially at Alkali Lake. That was amazing. Right. That sequence was, that's pretty, I mean, you don't get a lot of visual with Wolverine, but you definitely know he fucks some shit up. I mean, it's obvious, you know. That's the closest thing you get to Logan before Logan. It's the first time you see, the first time you really see blood from anything that Wolverine's on. Like, really seeing blood. There's, there was, you know. I'll give you that. I mean, like when he stabs Mystique in the first one, yeah, you see the three little blood marks, but they're not, she's not gushing blood. Do you know what I mean? Right. It's, nothing is going to be as violent as Logan. Well, no, Um, but but that's also an R-rated versus PG-13, but. You're right. In Apocalypse, it was blood spraying. We didn't see the cuts, but we saw the blood spraying. And you saw the pools of blood after the yeah. fact you know like because that that is i wouldn't even say that he is wolverine or even logan or even james he's weapon x he's weapon x that yeah, is 100 weapon x yeah total i agree i agree um you get that sequence you get the sequence i get in x2 when the the mercenaries or or whatever are breaking in and wolverine's like fucking people up there but you don't get like you get and they i don't I, I highly doubt it's a shot-for-shot shot thing, but that's very similar to the hotel sequence in Logan that I was referring to. In terms of the way he's fucking people up, you know? It, it, I mean, yeah, it's slowed down. I mean, that that you're right. That The the 
the striker strike force, basically. Yeah. Where Wolverine is fucking with him in the mansion. That was the closest thing that we got to a berserker Wolverine. Wolverine. Yeah. Exactly. And and so you don't you don't get those sequences in these movies. However, if I could just say real quick that from a visual overall perspective, the four movies the what do we call how do we differentiate these? Are we McAvoy movies? Is that how we're gonna differentiate? Like is that the best way? Well we will uh, the the prequels. Okay. Yeah, because they essentially are. The the four prequels visually speaking, are better than the other three combined. Like you, And I'm talking about hitting the markers, man. The Sentinels from from Days of Future Past. The, the outfits that are wearing at the end of Days of Future Past. Like, the very last sequence. Or, no, no, no I'm sorry. Yeah. Of um, Apocalypse. No, Apocalypse. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, That's yeah, very yeah, close yeah. to the modern-day comic layout of those characters you know um they, they had precursors to that in first class as sure. well i mean they had they had yellow and, and yeah and, no, yeah i'm not yeah I, I wasn't saying those to put down the other one but the, that group of four movies gave us more visual accurate x-men than the other three put together yeah i i would agree i mean i didn't mind the black leather that they had in the first couple ones they had. I didn't mind it either, but if we're if we're comparing the comics to the movies, exactly. But the to go back to your point of how like the quote unquote closest we got to a splash page was all Wolverine. That's my point. Is that first class changed it where they were like we Wolver- Hugh Jackman is a great character and as a great actor, and Wolverine's a great character, but they had to sort of ride on him like the right. success of the x-men movies is almost exclusively to wolverine the okay. irony is they couldn't even really fucking make his own origins movie successful i personally liked it like when i went through this marathon i i watched x-men origins and i said it feels like it belongs in this original x-men franchise it feels like it's the same timeline of X-Men The Last Stand, X-Men 2, X-Men 1. It feels like it's a prequel set up for it. The only bigger difference is uh, Liev Schreiber as Sabretooth. It does not really convey the same grunting kind of, you know, I'm I'm, I'm another Michael Myers type of stuntman actor. The only the that's, thing that's interesting is they actually have him listed. They don't even have him listed as Sabretooth in the credits. Oh, Liev Schreiber? Yeah. He's Victor Creed? Victor, Victor Creed, yep. Yeah. Well, because he's not... I don't even know if they ever even call him Saber. The only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just two fifty. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. 
If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. No, but, but if, yeah, if you know if if you know the the history and the characters, and you know who he's supposed to be, but yeah, right, um, yeah, I, look, and I I want to put very quickly out there, I love Liv Schreiber, like he's a great actor. I've seen him in a bunch of things that I've been a fan of. You know, did you do you watch Saturday Night Live? I no, not anymore. Just a really quick side thing: They're, they did a, a opening segment with um alec baldwin as trump i mean like last week okay and alec baldwin is like well he's donald trump and he's freaking out about whether he's going to get impeached so he starts calling a bunch of people he calls mike pence and then he calls giuliani he's like okay i don't know how to do this i need to call my guy who will help me get rid of this and he calls ray donovan And he's like, okay, you're Ray Donovan, right? He's like, uh, no, Mr. President, um, I'm an actor. My name is Leah Schreiber. I play a character named Ray Donovan who does do what you're asking for. He's like, okay, so I need to find the Terminator. Can you get me on a switch dingus phone number? Like stuff like that. And just to see Leah Schreiber randomly pop up, I thought was fucking funny. I, you know, I agree. And, and, and on a very quick note, man, like I could see, like, I get that it's a joke, but I could see that mistake because he does that character so well. Yeah. He does Ray Donovan so well. Um, but yeah, and, 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 but I like him as an actor. So him being bad in that movie goes back to the argument that I've made to you several times about different actors in different movies. To me, that's a pure product of the writing and the directing, not live. Do you know what I mean? Or leave, or however you say it. Like, leave. Leave. So, I mean, like, that's that's not a direct product of him. That's a direct product of, of everything around him. Agreed. I, I, you know, when, it, when X-Men Origins Wolverine came out, again, I didn't hate it. I actually thought it was pretty entertaining. I, when the copy I saw it was a fucking bootleg copy. Like, See, what... I was on board until pretty much the end. I honestly oh, was. When at, at the fucking factory testing thing that they and did? The, the sequence with, you know, the characters listed as Wade Wilson, but Deadpool, basically. You know? Well, he's, well let's call him Weapon 11. That's really what he is. Right. When, when you have... When you have that sequence, that's where you lose me. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, that's that. it just goes down. And the only other thing I had a problem with, like, like I get the Wolverine ages differently. I kind of have a problem with them being 200 years old. Like, I don't know. Why? I don't know. It just didn't sit right with me. Like, I'm not. Uh, for me, it went downhill after the opening fucking sequence. Because for me, the most interesting part, I, I still like the movie. The, the montage? The part. Oh my god, dude! Yeah. That's such that's a good montage. That such that's such an amazing montage of these two brothers going through every fucking major American war. Yeah, 
surviving it and just saying, all right, well, that was fun. Let's kind of be quiet and live our lives. And oh, shit, America fucked up again. Let's go fight another war. Right. The only. And then, the, yeah. No, that, go ahead. That for me, I would have, I would much rather see a series of films of that or, or a TV series. The other thing that I would have liked to come out of this movie, because I think it's fair to say Deadpool came out of this movie. Like, I, I do. I, I think that's a fair assessment. Deadpool came out in spite of this movie. Okay. If you want to put it that way, sure. Or, or better to use your phrase and make it and take it a step further. Deadpool came out to spite this movie, basically. Um, but like Taylor Kitsch as Remy LeBeau, which ultimately would have been Gambit, I would like to have seen more of that. Like I thought he did an okay job. Like I know they were planning to make the one with Channing Tatum, and I think he would have been fine. But I think he would have been fine. But I don't think Taylor Kitsch did a bad job either, and I would have been okay if they had taken him out and done a thing. You know, I th- I think if they, I would have preferred if they made him a little bit more. He didn't look like Gambit to me. Well, but that's. If you're going to treat this almost like an origin, then he would maybe get there. Do you know what I mean? But I understand mm-hmm. what you're saying. Well, let me ask you this. Because this was a deleted scene, I believe, in the Wolverine or in Days of Future Past. Did you ever want to see Wolverine in the classic Wolverine mask? It would have been nice. I mean, I, I'm not upset that it never happened, but it would have been nice. Because they did you see that deleted scene? There was one. Um, like, I want to say Magneto and, and Xavier give him a suitcase and it has the iconic yellow and black and big. What the fuck are those things that are like spread out on his head? It's just they're just always vision. No, it's his head. The, the, the thing to come out like this. Yeah, like the wing. I, I, yeah, I think that's just kind of what they are. They're just just there to accentuate his face in some way it's it's there to protect his fucking hairline so it doesn't get, <laughs> he doesn't get hat head there you or go. Helmet head. yeah but like that's see my theory is that's what i think disney's gonna do disney is going to do a straightforward as as accurate as possible with costumes I think our next wolverine's gonna get that costume he's gonna have the yellow fucking helmet and the and the um in the yellow spandex type of uniform. And, um, I, but there's also this possible race recasting. That's the rumor going on. Well, and we'll get to that in a minute. We'll be right back, everybody. Okay. So just watch the sequence. Just to correct you, Rico, just for the listeners, it wasn't Professor X or, or Magneto. It looks like it came from Mariko, his, yeah. uh, girlfriend or whatever. She was from Wolverine, the Wolverine. You're, you're, you're right. I, I, you, I, I was wrong. Well, no, it's but not about right still, or wrong. I just still, wanted, it's, I know, I, I, it's not right or wrong. I just wanted to clarify. So, no, yeah, I, but my question still stands. It's like, did we ever want to see that? I, I mean, yes, I would like to have seen something like that because, especially because of the sequence I mentioned earlier from the end of Apocalypse where Mysterio's kind of gathering the troops back at the the mansion for a training session, and she's wearing a, a blue and white type of... It's not an exact thing, because Mystique wears more like a dress, and this was more like a a leather suit, but it had the right color sequence. But but Scott Scott was the best one. Cyclops was the best one in that... In, the, in terms of what they put him in. That, co- that costume was almost identical to what his current 
at the time comic book look was. You know, sure. Um, Magneto looked like Magneto. I mean, no, yeah, 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 yeah. No, I'm talking about like group shot. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, to be very honest with you, the old version of Wolverine from not Logan, because I know that you think I might go there, but from Days of Future Past, mm-hmm. is very close to old man Logan sans suit. Like when he's out of the suit, he had the gray streaks, the whole bit. They really. Because Hugh Jackman's never fully really looked like Wolverine. Like, he's, the, the interpretation they did worked, and I'm not complaining about it in any way, but he never fully looked like Wolverine as I know him until that moment. I mean, they, they definitely fucked with his hair. They gave him that weird fucked up hairdo that Wolverine has. They gave him the cigars. They gave, I mean, yes. you, you're right. He, they had not, elements, but. Hugh, Hugh Jackman is six foot three. And right. Wolverine is five foot three. Yeah, I mean, it's big really, difference. It's, it's, it's Danny DeVito's height is really what we're doing. Right, which is why you wanted uh, Danny DeVito to play him. We talked about that. But as a joke, I wouldn't legitimately want fucking like if Disney's like, all right, we have a new announcement. It's Danny DeVito as Wolverine. Hello, like, <laughs> like um, you know. But yeah, I, I, I mean, watch the fuck out of that movie. But I, I it would, <laughs> I would. I think you, if I recall, you can you convinced OC because that's when you mentioned it when we were talking to OC once, and he was like, "I want to see that fucking movie now." Yeah, well, I... during during Cinema Wars. True. I think you just blocked that out because you lost. Um, I have no, I I have no recollection of what you're talking about. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they the what the best thing that came out of Wolverine Origins for me was the teasing of what we ultimately got with McAvoy and Fassbender. Because they teased that at the end of the movie. Mm, what are you talking about? There's a sequence after Wolverine gets shot in the head with the adamantium bullet, where, if I recall. I'm correcting you again. I corrected you th- on this before. It is Patrick Stewart who walks out of the plane, or, or rolls out of the plane. It's not McAvoy. Okay. I promise you. Okay. Um, haha, I correct you. Um, oh, yeah, because you don't do that most episodes. Well, stop being wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Um, but you're right, McAvoy, and, and I mean, we, we've been sucking the dicks this entire episode. Michael, you know, Michael Fossbender and James McAvoy were good. They were very good. First class, I loved because it was super 60s retro. It, and it, it, it it was the yeah. origin story that we like. We talk about there always being too many origin stories because most of the time they keep rehashing them, like the Batman one that gets told like every time there's a Batman movie, basically, you know. Or um, Thomas Wayne dying, yada yada. Right, yada. yeah, right. You know, or something ben like that. What? Uncle Ben getting shot. Right, okay. Uncle Ben. Like that's what they did great with the Spider-Man movies that are currently in the MCU. You didn't get that. Right. You know, and. But what you also get in in first class is a true origin story of the X-Men without it feeling like an origin story. Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, um, it is. I can't remember who I remember reading something about it is that first class is all about uh, all about Eric. And then Days of Future Past is all about Charles. 
how they're going through their own okay turmoil and and they have to get rid of their guilt and go because uh x-men first class mcavoy is very different than days of future past mcavoy oh well, sure. yeah. yeah yeah to yeah. the point where i was almost like this is a very interesting take of it but i know he's going to turn into patrick stewart he's got to go through this bullshit to be the you know the the most docile fucking teacher ever you know when he's got I, evil staring into the face he's just like you oh, don't scare, you, you don't scare me like that kind of shit and for what it's worth by the time you get to the end of apocalypse you have that like they they set that long con game perfectly do you know what i mean which, like which is why i will say that apocalypse as an ending seems closer to the next step being 2000s x-men even yes. though the timelines are all skewed I think shoving Dark Phoenix in the middle of them just felt like a passion project that Simon Kinberg really wanted to do. And I respect all filmmakers who have a passion and want to make their movie and want to make their story. But we did not fucking ask for Dark Phoenix. And we did not really ultimately want Dark Phoenix because of Last Stand. We already had a sour taste in our mouth. Yeah. And shoving it in, I felt was... Such no, I, a disappointing uh, ending to a off up and down franchise. From a continuity perspective, you're 100 percent right. We didn't need it, but I love from a just what is an X Men movie. I liked it better than Apocalypse. That's where my differences lie. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. But but from I, a I know con- I, yeah, I agree. It should have been before Apocalypse, as far as I'm concerned. You can't just watch it in that order and hope for the best. You, they would have had to have tweaked some shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no. Getting I also have first... a big issue with how substantially young these actors are that they're supposed to be playing. Like in Dark Phoenix, the opening scene where she's like, let's call her 10, is she's 1975. Right. So another 20 years. Because a... it's 95 yeah. when they do Dark Phoenix or 90, so mid 90s. So you're telling me Jean Grey is supposed to be. 40 years old. She'd be 30. If you do, if you're saying she's 10 at the beginning of the, in that flashback sequence. And then by the time you get up to that scene, it's 20 years. I'd be 30. It's 83 in apocalypse. And then it's 92 in dark Phoenix. No, no, no. But I'm, you're talking about from when she was a little kid at the beginning of dark Phoenix, the flashback sequence, right? You said she was about 10. And I, in that, moment it's the mid 70s it's 75 i think Five. right right so, so if then you, 10 years later is apocalypse she would have so been be 20. 20 right okay she looked right, about 20 right, right she looked about 20 and then she would have right. been 30 by dark phoenix and and she she looked to be late 20s early 30s yeah i don't and I, I, to me it just didn't seem believable it did not seem believable for me if you if you're going to do that age them up a little bit just Give me that extra fucking bit of makeup. Uh, highlight their hair a different color. Michael Fassbender also... is fucking, you know, looked exactly the same as he did in first class as he well, does yes. in Dark Phoenix. H- him and McAvoy needed to be aged up. I don't know about the others, but those two, I agree. Yes. It's, the ultimate irony is that they do a flashback with Xavier looking younger, and they, like, take out some of the wrinkles, and, like, it just it looks... More jarring to make him look younger than they could have made him look older, as far right. as I'm concerned. Um, 
Yeah, no, I I can't disagree. But but first class as a as a reboot because that's ultimately what it, it is. It's a reboot yeah. of the X Men series. Yeah, succeeded because a lot of time reboots are like, ugh, <laughs> you know what I mean. And and this one worked. And what what worked with it were some of the nods to the original series that they did. So for example. And I don't know if this was on purpose, but I pointed this out to Deb because we were watching part of it together. Do you remember the sequence? It's very early on in first class where, um, excuse me, Professor X is in the bar hitting on a girl and she's got the two different color eyes. Yeah. It's the same eye combination as Jason, the mutant striker's son. Oh, good pull. It's a it's this same exact eye combination. Good pull. I forgot about that. And also I mean, the, I, li- the I, little I, girl. I remember watching it when we watched the marathon and then I just it, I blinked but good pull. The other thing that I liked um well okay, getting back to the eye thing for a minute. The 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 one thing that was a little creepy about it cuz if you remember in Charles's vision hallucination or whatever, she it's a little girl guiding him through the mansion. Yeah. What if that little girl was the one that grew up to meet him in the bar? <laughs> you know, like, that's the creepy part. The t- I mean, the timelines don't add up, though. No, it wouldn't, and it can't be, but I'm just saying, like, the fact that there's a little girl and then there's the girl with the, that, I mean, it was cool that they did the throwback or the connection with the eyes, but, like, yeah, I think that through a little better. The other it, one... Yeah. The other one that I really liked, and... I didn't ever catch it until this last viewing, and then I looked it up to confirm it. Now, maybe it's just me, but do you remember when Mystique shows up in Magneto's bedroom, like, laying under the covers? Yeah, and then she turns into Rebecca Romaine. I never realized that it was Rebecca Romaine until this last viewing. Well, a little bit of background trivia on that is that actually she was supposed to change into Marilyn Monroe. Huh. Which would have been... The height of sex symbol in the 1961-62. So because Marilyn Monroe was the, the, the classification of beauty and star power at that time, that's why Jennifer Lawrence was originally supposed to be her. Okay. And then they said, well, what if we made it? Because he's like, you know, she's like, would you prefer me a little older? And then had Rick or Rebecca Remind come in. Gotcha. Gotcha. I still, but I mean, they could have gotten, they could have used any actress. You know, the fact that they went and got Rebecca Romaine, yeah. you know what I mean, to come do that, I think was uh, that. And also when they're going around and getting recruiting and they find Wolverine in, in the bar, you know. Which and I'm, glad you, I'm glad you brought that up, actually, because that in its own way is a great scene. One of the best scenes of that whole movie, if not the franchise of them being like Charles Xavier, Eric Lencia, go fuck yourself. That is Wolverine to a T because we're like, oh shit, Wolverine's in this fucking movie. He's going to, no, no. He's just like, nope, I'm going to leave me alone. I'm drinking my drink, smoking my cigar. Fuck off. Now the original line was fuck off. And they actually said it numerous times. And then Hugh Jackman improvised and changed. Go fuck yourself. But in days of future past. Yeah. Yeah. I know where you're going. Yeah, where Wolverine goes back to see Xavier, and he says, you know, I do remember you, I and I'm going to tell you what you told me, which is, fuck off. 
So they used the old line, but didn't use the new line, right. which I thought yeah. was like in its own way, always bugged the fuck out of me a little bit. I'm like, it's funny. It's a, it's a nice way of a throwback, but like if only McAvoy had just said, you know, go fuck yourself, then I right. would have been like ecstatic. I agree. I think they should have used the right line, but, but it is still a nice connection between the two films. So Yeah, but for me, that is a metaphor for both franchises in its own way. They're trying to connect it, but they are using the wrong material. In in some <laughs> that is the for me the perfect metaphor. It's like we're gonna bridge this, we're gonna do a nice throwback to an original line, but it's not the line that was originally spoken. I yeah. I mean <laughs> it still it still works. I mean, I'm the one thing I was debating myself with or debating with myself about before we came on here was Colossus because visually speaking the dead the Colossus they use in Deadpool is more accurate to He's more fucking. He's bigger and towering and and yada yada. yada. I, yeah, I would agree. But Part of me likes the one in X2 and ultimately in Days of Future Past better. Except he doesn't really do much. He doesn't say anything. He doesn't have nearly as any dialogue. No, no, not at all. But I'm talking about visually. I kind of dug the Russian one in Deadpool. I Well, he is Russian. The character is Russian. But we, but you never hear him say anything in in the original lineup. Right. He may be Russian American or he may be Russian, but we haven't heard an accent. So, but they also changed him to Russian because of Days of Future Past. They can retcon and, and fuck with that. And that's where it gets all muddled for what me. What do you mean? In Deadpool? Mm hmm. No, okay, because no. of Days of Future Past, that's why Deadpool exists. Well, no, because no, Days I get, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's what I meant. I, I thought you meant the character as a whole. Cause I was like, no, cause, it, cause in some certain aspects, They've changed the comic books to fit the movies, like Nick Fury, for example. Do you know what I mean? Like, and they, Colossus has always been Russian, you know, going as far back as I can remember. One of the, one of the, for me, one of the glaring mistakes that they never actually fixed or showed that they fixed was in the Wolverine, Logan gets his bone, he gets his metal claws drilled out for so, so Silver Samurai can take it. I remember that. And then and then the bone claws underneath regrow and blah, 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 blah. Technically, in the future of Days of Future Past, he should still have the bone claws. If they just had a scene where Mag- like uh, Wolverine says to Magneto, like, hey, thanks for manipulating the metal and giving me the fucking metal claws again, that's all I needed. But then, because then in the 70s, he has the bone claws because he didn't get the fucking metal adamantium until... 80, 89 or 90 or something? something like that. Yeah. So like shit like that, where like, we are just going to have to be like, okay, something happened that they didn't talk about. I, there are so many times where I could be like, I'm going to just let this go. But it's shit like that. That does kind of bother me about this franchise where it's like, just, just fucking say it. Just add one line. Well, that's, that's kind of why I don't like those standalones with the exception of Logan, because Logan's the only one that feels true to the franchise as a whole. It does. And it doesn't because X-Men origins for me feels like it's right there with one, two and three. 
You yeah, said that, yeah. Or bad as it is, it, it does feel tone-wise, they have the same amount of jokes. They, 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 Wolverine looks like Wolverine. He looks exactly how he did, apart from the mass muscle mass and veins popping, because he really didn't have a body tone that he does in Origins as he does in the first X-Men movie, in the right. cage fight. He's in great shape, but he's not like Hugh Jackman shaped. No, and you see that, I think, the most in Days of Future Past when he wakes up naked back in 1973 when he's, I mean, like, I remember watching, like, is he really that veiny or did they, like, CGI some veins into him? Because if he's really that veiny, then, like, he might have a problem. <laughs> Dude, his ass had a six-pack. Like, it was insane. Like, <laughs> like I didn't pay that much attention to his ass, but I'll take your word for well, it. And I, I gotta give, like, you know, I gotta fucking commend Hugh Jackman. That motherfucker, like, almost, like, he hurt himself so many times. We talk about, like, actors like, yeah. like Daniel Craig injuring himself for James Bond. I respect any actor that goes that extra length and gets injured. Because it's, they're doing it for, for us to, like, you know, watch a two-hour movie, choke on popcorn, fart in a seat, and be entertained for a couple hours. They're going that extra mile to make it super believable. Um, whereas, like, I mean, and Hugh Jackman... For the Wolverine, he he said in the movie The Wolverine, where he's in Japan, he said, this is what the body I've always wanted for Hugh Jackman. This is what I, uh, for Wolverine, this is what I envisioned that I always have to strive for. And he did it by bulking up, and then in order to make the veins pop, he would dehydrate himself. So he would just avoid liquids for 24 hours up to shooting so that all those veins would pop and that it looked everything looked tight and right and, and i mean he looked he still had a fucking uh physique in logan but it looks like an old tired logan it looks you know he he looks over the hill a little bit he's a, he looks old he looks like old man logan but he doesn't look like old man logan to the point where it's exactly old man logan right it in ladies of days of future past or i'm talking about logan Logan, okay. No, I, I agree. The other thing that I found interesting, if I did the math right, Logan and the future from Days of Future Past are the same year. I don't know. I don't, I think Logan is set in 2023. I don't know. I don't remember when Days of Future Past, the future. 50, 50 years from the day Mystique kills Trask. Or, yeah. So, so if it's 1973, so yeah, it'd be, it would be 2023. Vastly different fucking, uh, timelines. So, right. And, and the, the explanation for that is simply Wolverine fixed it in days of future past, which is how you get where you get. You know what I mean? Like, so there's a way to explain that pretty simply, but I did find it interesting that it's the same year. And I wonder if that was deliberate. It, it could have been. Um, I will also reiterate that the it doesn't work out like here's here's where you break it down wolverine fixed everything in 1973 he also then like patrick stewart's xavier killed everybody some point in logan like when he had one of his seizures right he killed all the x-men oh he killed a huge chunk of them yeah i don't think it said everybody did it he killed all the main one he killed well, yeah. he killed yeah. every, all the main ones there i mean there's a reason why we don't see Magneto. There's a reason why we don't see 
mystique. Although she was, I mean, it, that's what I'm saying is it's hard to yeah, the figure only, out. I find it interesting that the only other X-Men you see, and, and I use that term incredibly loosely, is Caliban. Yeah, Caliban. Um, although, and, I mean... And I say you, it the way I say because that's how he says it. Caliban. <laughs> Caliban. Well, they, then they had another, they had a different Caliban in Apocalypse. No, it's the same guy. Same actor. I looked it up. No, it's not. It, it, dude, I looked this up. It's the same actor. In Apocalypse? No, it's not. It's the guy from Gotham who played Victor Zaz. No, it's not. I will, I will look it up again for you right now because I looked this up before. Okay. Um, he actually played Caliban in, this is what I'm saying. He actually played Caliban in Apocalypse. It's the same guy who played Victor Zaz in Gotham. The guy who plays Caliban in Logan is the guy, is Stephen Merchant, the guy who was like on the British office. That's right. what I'm saying. I know what you're saying. I follow what you're I, saying. Okay. I'm just trying to get Apocalypse to load because it's fighting with me. Apocalyptic. Can we talk about, well, while you're doing that, can we talk about the like the character of Apocalypse? Yeah, I didn't like it at all. I thought it was a bad... I, I, I like Oscar Isaacs, but I didn't think that was a good choice. Agreed. I, I you know, when, when I was watching with Steph, I was like, you know, he's supposed to be big. He's supposed to be bigger. I've never... Re- I've never... That's I, how... I always saw him on the size of a, a Thanos or Darkseid or something of that magnitude. He, he's basically a blue Thanos, as far as I'm concerned. And I had a conversation with a guy at work about that, and he actually disagreed. He he doesn't believe he's the same size. Well, we can always double check how how tall uh, Apocalypse. He's not supposed to be that short. He's not supposed to be fucking. No, no, he's supposed not. he's supposed to be brooding. Like now, at one point, because Apocalypse does have the one feature that, and I knew this that Thanos and what's his face or um, Darkseid don't have, and that's the ability to change size. Like he yeah. can grow, and they do do that sequence when Charles goes into his mind and he becomes like this gigantor. But that's what he should have been really from the beginning. Or at the least middle ground. He should right. not, maybe not as big, but at least Thanos size. You know, right. if your name is fucking Apocalypse, you got to look like you could be apocalyptic. Yeah, um, no, I agree. And I thought, honestly, I thought the makeup look wasn't, I, I loved the voice distortion they did. I thought that was cool because I read that they, they put that in with overlapping different voices to create this weird, you know, different voice because that's him going through centuries of jumping bodies. So he's got different voices lingering and sort of echoing each other. I thought that was a really way, great way of doing the voice. But for me, fucking Oscar Isaac looked like Ivan Ooze from the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie. Okay. He just didn't look great. All right. So I want to back up for a second because you're both right and wrong. Am I? Yes. And right. I say I say both because, and I'm trying to find it again because I had to change screens just to to get to this conversation. You're right; it's different actors. However, the person who placed Caliban in Apocalypse is not the guy from from Gotham. It's really? a different. It was... It's a different. I'm, well, I'm confirming, but I'm not seeing Gotham on his credits. So I'm ninety. Yeah, Gotham's not on his credits. The actor who plays him in. Apocalypse is a guy named Tomas Lamacaris. Is he the guy from Barry? From what? Barry. 
Uh, I don't know what that is, but no. It looks like he's he's his known fours are Blade Runner 2049, Snowpiercer, and... <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. If dog people made dog food, it wouldn't be sold in a 50-pound bag in the hardware aisle by the shoe polish. It would actually be food. It would be made with real, fresh meat and veggies gently cooked to preserve their nutritional value. You know, like food. The Farmer's Dog was created by dog people who cook and deliver fresh, healthy food. Try the Farmer's Dog and get fresh, pre-portioned meals tailored to your dog's needs. Tell us about your dog, build your plan, and get 50% off at thefarmersdog.com slash listen. That's thefarmersdog.com slash listen. Something called Noi the Albino. Okay, I I um, thought it was the same guy from Gotham who played the I, I, mean, I knew for they a fact it wasn't very similar. I I knew for a fact it wasn't the guy from Gotham, but I could have sworn I looked up before and it said it was the same actor for for Apocalypse and Logan, but okay. it's not. Well, but right. it's not. Yeah, that's why you're right and wrong at the same time because it's okay. you're right. It's two different actors. It's just not. Who you said it was? Who, uh, yeah, I thought it was the guy from the show Barry with Bill Hader. No, you are right about Stephen Merchant for the latter one. That's accurate, but um, but yeah, Apocalypse Man, Oscar Isaac was such a yeah, not, it was just, never was gonna be my first choice. Yeah, it just wasn't a good choice. But again, that's not because of Oscar Isaac because I like him. You know, yeah. I'm if wondering I'm, if they were if trying I'm really. If I can say, I think one of the reasons why they chose him, not only because of Star Wars, I mean, Force Awakens had just come out, but also because I think they needed an actor to look Egyptian-ish, you know what I mean? Like, in other words, if it yeah. wasn't going to be him, it may have been, for all we know, it could have been Robbie Malik. Well, like, yeah. that's what I'm saying, is they needed a quote-unquote Middle Eastern-looking, Middle East uh, brown actor type of <laughs> type of day. I, I mean, I don't mean to say it so bluntly. No, I get like, it. It was just the way you phrase it. What they could have done, though. See, here's what they could have done to make it better, right? So to your, I get where you're going, right? But let's be real. You don't see them color-wise brown for very long. It's just during the the ceremony, and then he's apocalyptic, purplish, blue, whatever color he is, right? I mean, sure. so what you do with them is you do what they did with Thanos, because Thanos is Josh Brolin's face. They did mocap on him and yeah. put his face on this gigantic CGI character and, you know, could made some adjustments because obviously Josh Brolin doesn't have, you know, scrotum chin. But, right. you, know, <laughs> you know, but they they at least, they could have done that. They could have taken Oscar Geyser's, I can talk. We could have taken his face and done a similar mocap kind of thing. <laughs> Stop. Do you need a minute? I'm good. I'm, I, I just, I'm forever going to be a thing. Yeah. Uh, Oskik Isers is now going to be his fucking name. <laughs> but if they took his face and mo-capped it and yeah. created, like, the bigger character Apocalypse. If they had done a fucking Andy Circus type of thing. Right. I would have been more set on it. 
Sometimes that could backfire because we came close to that for Steppenwolf in Justice League. And that looked like shit. Yeah, but let's be fair. Most of that movie looked like shit. But it could have been better. I, I mean, well, all things considered, I well, thought... But, all right, we'll put it this way. That wasn't the worst problem. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I understand what you're saying, but that wasn't the worst problem with that. It wasn't the worst problem because Oscar Isaac has acting ability. No, he... I meant, I meant the Steppenwolf. Oh, Steppenwolf? Okay. Yeah. Um, kind of. I mean, no, uh, there were. It's hard. What I mean, I really have a hard time trying to find some of the positives of Justice League. But that's we could, what I'm saying. I'm saying that him, his, the way they did Steppenwolf is not the worst part of that movie. Is what I'm saying. Uh, okay, I, I, I'll, I'll agree with that. But um, <laughs> I thought, I thought I, I didn't like Apocalypse as much when I first saw it, and then rewatching, I'm like. This is way better than I remember. It could have been that I had just seen Dark Phoenix a couple days beforehand. I'm like, wow. But, but, but then I, I, but I, I, again, I say, I didn't hate Dark Phoenix. I even told you privately, I'm like, I just saw Dark Phoenix. It's way better than I initially thought it was going to be. It, I well, thought it was going to be as bad as the Fantastic Four reboot. I thought, no, really I, bad. I, I felt like, See, this is one of those movies, and this doesn't happen, at least in my opinion, very often. Maybe maybe you have a better um, example, but there's not many situations for me where the trailer is worse than the movie or makes the movie look worse than it ultimately ends up being. You know, the trailer is worse than the movie? Yeah, like for me, the trailer made that movie seem like it was going to be a lot worse than it ended up being. For Dark Phoenix? Yes. The trailer looked... I- terrible the trailer did look terrible but trailers can also be very misleading they can be well i mean we we've proven that with a lot of the mcu stuff especially with endgame and spider-man i was gonna go to suicide squad suicide squad has one of the best trailers yeah. i've ever seen agreed and, agreed. He, and here's the thing i just found this out you may i mean at least i remembering this or i just found this out you may have told me we may have discussed this sure the team that did the trailer for suicide squad re-edited the film the final cut i did i did know this i don't know if i'm the one that told you that but i did know that i i just heard it recently on like a watch mojo video and so they can make fucking trailers they cannot make fucking movies that trailer was the bomb and there are companies not to get off on a tangent here but there are companies that their sole existence is to cut trailers and that's all they they do that Right, and and some should. Some might be better at editing. That particular one might not be. But, I mean, you know, the the point being, though, is that the trailer for Dark Phoenix, to me, made it look like it was going to be Last Stand again. And it's not that bad. It's not Last Stand. <laughs> there you know? was a lot of innuendo that, like, like the train being ripped apart. Yeah. The implication was it was going to be Jean Grey. It wasn't Magneto doing it because now Magneto's on their side. I'm, I'm, I gotta admit, I'm getting fucking tired of Magneto flipping sides and going back and forth. Like fucking be a bad guy. Be, but that's always be kind of been. That's always kind of been his character. Like he's not. Not X Men. They yes. teamed up in X Men too. They did, but I'm saying no, no, no. What I'm saying though is the character himself. The not not just the movie character. The the character of Magneto has always been that dichotomy of, you know, 
It's like Thanos. Remember, Thanos thinks he's doing the right thing. He's not. He he's not out for evil intent. He thinks he has an idea to to make things better. Same thing with Magneto. Like his intent is not evil. His intent is protect my people, the mutants in this case. Do you know what I mean? From what could happen to them. And I don't, meaning Magneto, feel that diplomacy is the way to do that. You know what I'm saying? That's who Magneto is. And his relationship with Charles has always been that that thing that kind of holds him to that middle line. Yeah. I Hold on. I'm trying to remember. Steph had a point last night. Steph, you had a point about Magneto, like it went against something went against his nature, like he wouldn't have done what he had done or something. Do you remember what your what your point was? Her point was uh Magneto wouldn't have joined Apocalypse and basically been hell bent on help destroy the earth. Because that also would have included killing the mutants. And his whole ideology is mutants are sacred. We should not be killing the mutants. I argued, well, he just fucking lost his wife and daughter. He's full of grief. Grief does things. Right. He says, but I see uh, my point and her point. I I agree with both. Right, I and think, then, and so do I. And and to to your point, that's what brings him out of being one of the four horsemen of Apocalypse. When when uh, Mystique or Raven, whatever you want to call her, is sitting there talking to him, you know, about how all that was terrible, and you know, yet you have this other family and Charles and me and so forth and so on, you know, so. That's what brings him out. I'm with you. The interesting thing about Magneto from that movie specifically is I looked it up. Nina, his daughter from that movie, is a completely new character. Yeah, because if I remember, I mean, he he has children. Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver in the comics are his children. He's got 12 kids in the comics. Or in his... Not just the comics, in his... From his creation through now, including Nina. If you include Nina, he's got 12. Are any other heavy hitters that I don't know about? Uh, I'd have to look up the, the article again, but Quicksilver and, um. Scarlet Witch. Uh, Scarlet Witch are your two biggest. Um, the other one that's big would be Polaris for people who know the X-Men. Polaris is a pretty big character. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you, I, it, but if you know X-Men. I think she was yeah. on the anime. Wasn't Polaris on the animated series? No, well, she might have been, but she was also, she's most known lately from that show, The Gifted, that X-Men show that wasn't an X-Men on, it was on Fox, it ran for like two or three seasons, and then it got canceled. They're, oh, they also have another one called Legion, though, right? Yes, Legion's a different show, but this is, okay. this is a show called The Gifted, and um, on that show, it, it basically kind of seems to take place if we're going to reference into a movie and they don't reference the movie. So this is me doing it, but it takes place after Charles killed off all the X-Men because of his seizure. Interesting. And, the, and these are the mutants that are left hoping there are still X-Men out there somewhere trying to oh. um, find them. Now, where would new mutants be shoved in? Because I still want that to come out. It's a good question. I um I don't know, but I did I I got the list. I found the article. So do you want me to read? There's actually I was wrong. There's more. <laughs> There's fifteen. He's got fifteen kids. 
And Gino does not fuck. I mean, he fucks around. I was about yeah, to say, that's exactly what he around. does. He, he does not fuck around and fucking around. Um, so there's Anya Eisenhart. It's his first child and the sister of, of Pietro and Wanda. They never had a chance to, they never had a chance to meet. Um, in, in classic X-Men number 12, and his name was not Eric Lencher at that point. It was Mac, I, Max Eisenhart. Mm-hmm. Um, Hiding or some shit? No, and then when he... When he escaped... Okay, I get it. So Max was his given Jewish name. And when he left, when he got out of the concentration camp, he changed his name to Eric Lencher to hide from Nazis. Really? I didn't According- I thought Eric... I'm going off this. This is I'm reading. This is on CBR.com, which is short for Comic Book Review. dot com, I think. Um. So then there's Scarlet Witch, which we already knew. Quicksilver, which we already knew. Polaris, which we just discussed. Um. Trying to see, and then you got Magnus. Magnus is a son of his. God, I know. I know the name Magnus. I'm trying to remember. I've ever read a comic in which Okay. Long. So this talk this is about the multiverse because it, he was born on Earth twenty seven to Magneto and Rogue. That's twenty seven. Yeah. Um but that's who he is. Um and ultimately of- he, he ultimately kills Rogue by turning her into a statue because she that's touches cool. him and absorbs his ability and turns into a statue. Oh, uh, kinda like Darwin? I guess. Yeah, dude. Um, I, I, I that is a big no no. Like I've seen so many African Americans on like Twitter and Facebook, including my buddy, uh, who is a comic book fan, uh, comic book fan, and works on movie theater, and is a big like, and he's black. He said when Darwin died in first class, he thought it was the most disrespectful shit he's ever seen. Wow. He's like, this is so. He's like, you kill the fucking one black guy who could adapt to anything. He's like, and they even made a whole, like, in the dialogue where, like, Kevin Bacon, uh, Shaw, is talking about, like, you you guys have been, like, enslaved. The camera pans to fucking Darwin for a second. Oh, I don't think I noticed that, but I believe you. I mean, like, they're, they're, it's, First Class is a good movie, but, like, there's some, there's some parts where that pissed off the black community. Um, um. So then, on Earth two ninety five, Magneto and Rogue have another child named Charles Lencher. Okay. Then there's Nina, and she is only in the movie. She's not in anywhere else. She's strictly from the movie. Dude, I I was heartbroken for Eric in this. I movie. was. Yeah, I agree. They they did a really good job of kind of making him feel that. And I was really into Nina's like controlling birds, fucking animal, like controlling yeah. mutant power. But that was fucking badass. Um, I'm not, I'm not gonna go through the rest of these except for one that you might find interesting. And if you want me to read all this, I will to you. But Vision, Vision, Jarvis Vision, Vision, Vision. What's that? Vision from fucking uh, Age of Ultron. Vision. Yeah. Yeah. So it says, I'll read this to you because it's only two paragraphs. It's pretty quick. Would Magneto be a good father and all? Probably not. Created by Roy Thomas and Joy Bas- John Basima, um, Vision was originally the quote-unquote child of Ultron, but quickly rebelled against him to join the Avengers and help him defeat him. 
Vision soon became involved with the Scarlet Witch, married her using Wanda's hex powers, conceived mm-hmm. twin boys. But unfortunately, all of Magneto's children are cursed with their own, with his own bad luck and relationship. And Wanda's unstable powers destroy both their marriage and Vision. Vision is repaired by Tony Stark and Hank Pym. He goes to Utopia to confront Magneto on Wanda's whereabouts, accusing the master of magnetism of ruining his child's lives. Magneto subdues Vision, but spares him, knowing that Wanda still cares for the synthesoid, and she would never forgive Magneto if he killed him. Then again, he does end up destroying Vision in Exiles, where he hurls a large asteroid at Earth, so it's not the closest. So I don't know why. I guess he's a son-in-law, so I guess they're counting that. In that yeah, list, it's, it's not really. Yeah, he he, he lacks vision. <laughs> oh. <laughs> now I have to go find a rim shot fucking sound. Um, um, yeah, no, that was terrible. Anyway, uh, moving on. Um, yeah, it's just I don't know. Where do you want to go from here, <laughs> Logan? I think we need Logan. to really yes. do a good Logan, and follow. we can wrap it up with Logan. Um, Logan is the Wolverine mover we've needed and didn't get. Yeah, but, not, but, but not the one we deserve. Yeah. <laughs> um, it, it was, it was Marvel's first attempt to make an R-rated movie that, that was going to have, um. Well, hold on. Well, not when Marvel, but Logan, Fox. No, but did Logan come out after Deadpool? Yes, but so Deadpool is the first. Yeah, well, I mean, Blade technically, but yeah, but we're talking Fox here. True, 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 true. So it was dead. I think Deadpool paved the way for Logan because Deadpool was an R-rated movie that that they had to take a super big cut on 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 a budget. It was just, it was really the studio just trying to keep Ryan Reynolds happy. But you have to, you have to realize that Logan and Deadpool are drastically different movies as well. Absolutely. But they're also drastically different films from the studio safe X-Men films. Yeah, that's exactly it. That's what I'm saying. They're, they're, they're very different from each other, but also very different from first class and, and all of them. And yeah. All of them. It, they, they, it was the studio trying to make. See, that's why I really want to see New Mutants, because New Mutants was them still saying, we are in this experimental phase. We're going to try some shit. We're, we're not going to do our studio shit anymore. We're going to try something because, um, it, X-Men, I mean, Fantastic Four, you is a prime example of the studio interfering with the vision of the director. You can right. see two separate films just smushed together. In the, in, and it, it's great for a fucking like, if you are, if you want to study film and just dissect saying, okay, let's play a game, which is the studio's interpretation, which is the, the director's interpretation. Fantastic Four, the from like 2014 is a real, or 20 something is a really fucking great way of doing it. it. And that goes with Logan. Logan was Shane. You know, and like Clint Eastwood and X Men all rolled to one. You know, it's, 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 they even re released another version of it on Blu ray called Logan Noir, where it's entirely in black and white. Well, it comes with, it comes with, because I got it together. It's not a separate sale. 
But no, they also did release another one theatrically of it in black and white. Oh, okay. Yeah, I I have that copy because it it came with the the Blu-ray. So I, mm-hmm. I and I actually went. I had planned to watch Logan for this. I just ran out of time. Um, sure. And if I if I had, I was actually going to try to watch the the new R version because I wanted. I hear it makes it a drastically different movie, not in a bad way, but just a different movie. Yeah. It'd be like seeing Clarks in color. You know what I mean? Which, by the way, did you see someone colorize that one scene? Yeah. Yeah, Kev- and, and Kevin responded. Yeah, did you see what he said? Yeah, he said it's almost pretty close because I was wearing blue and not, you know, black or something. Something like that, yeah. But he said for the most part of it, pre- and his hair was a little bit darker, I think he said. Like, slightly. <laughs> I do want to watch it because I think I think... I think it'll be interesting to to see that because I think if I heard correctly, and I don't know if it's accurate, it's it's like a Sin City black and white in that it's black and white, but there are aspects of color. I haven't I haven't seen it, but I, no, no, I no. Um, I didn't know maybe you'd heard though, you know. So like maybe maybe the blood is red or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. Like that's red and things like that. So, um, but it. It's interesting to see how they handled it. And like we talked about with Matty Granger, when they, we talked about closing off the, the loop of the, of that Wolverine, you know, mm-hmm. and what they might do with what's it, X32 or whatever. 23. 23. Thank you. I was close. Yep. Um, I got dyslexic for a minute. Um, <laughs> but you know, it, you were dyslexic earlier with with uh yeah 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 let it go Isaac. let it go no, um no. <laughs> um but yeah you disrespect the people with dyslexia well, I wasn't trying to do that but um in any event the you know and I've seen that Kevin Feige really wants to see what he can do with her going forward I don't even know if they're going to do uh because I actually just heard some rumors today that they want to do a Wolverine with Hugh Jackman yep. and Hulk crossover. Right. I've seen you may have just heard that today, but that's been floating around for about a week now. So Well, I, I saw another one for him and Deadpool, and I also saw another one for Deadpool and Spider Man. Like Yes. Well, and that one that one I think is the most likely of the of the scenarios. Deadpool and Spider Man? Yeah. Well, I also heard Spider Man Tom Holland Spider Man is going to go against the Sinister Six. They're finally yes. going to do the Sinister Six movie. That's going to... From what I heard, they got Tom Holland for two more Spider-Man movies at this point. Okay. Well, if it's him and Deadpool and him and Sinister Six, but I don't think they're going to do that unless they really... Unless Venom is in the Sinister Six. Because they well, have to do a Venom Spider-Man crossover. Well, yeah, they, and they plan to. From what I read and what I saw, Spider-Man will be in Venom too, but it won't be a Spider-Man movie. It'll be a Venom movie, and Spider-Man will make an appearance. Okay, about fucking time. Also, right. Andy Serkis is directing it because that's fucking awesome. I didn't hear that, so there you go. Yeah, uh, but back to Wolvie. Um, <laughs> Wolvie. Yeah, um, Logan for me was. Do you remember? I mean, you liked it. I had, I had like some aspects of it, but like Brian Singer, when he did Superman Returns, yeah, it was him doing an art house version of Superman. Logan is the successful art house version of Wolverine. It still feels like a Wolverine movie, 
but it's very different. It's bleak. It's depressing. It's violent. And it's the closest thing we've ever gotten to one old man Logan from the comics because they couldn't add adapt old man Logan at the time. Right. Old man Logan has Hulk. It has Hawkeye. It has, you know, Captain America's body. It has, you know, you, you can't make an adaptation and pound for pound what they did. They, I, they made, I think a better storyline. I agree. I think they made a better I, movie. Yeah, I agree. And I like, I like the, the interaction between him and Charles because it seemed different than ever before, but in a best possible way. And it allowed, it allowed us as the viewers to say goodbye to both of those characters in the right way. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that even if they did another five X-Men movies all with James McAvoy, you still got to say goodbye to the, to the Patrick Stewart version of the character in the right way, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, to me, that was heartbreaking to to see a thespian look ill, look almost uh, childlike with his seizures and his dementia is heartbreaking. I, I liken it to what there's a part in um, in Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince where Harry and Dumbledore go to like this. They're trying to find the Horcruxes. There's a part where Dumbledore like is is forced to drink this uh this potion that makes him relive some trauma and he's begging harry he's sobbing and controllable and he looks like a he looks like a scared child and that's what reminded me of patrick stewart is there's a couple scenes where he looks weary and childish he he his his mental capacity regresses a couple yeah. times in the film i there's part of me that didn't like that, but but I get it. And the only reason why I didn't like it, it is because of um, I hated seeing a, a a character that powerful stripped down that much. Do you know what I mean? Well, I think that was the point. Is because they yeah. even said it like you take the most powerful mind in the world and you give him dementia. Like I don't, I'd almost argue that that um, Gene's more powerful. But that's, you know. But she was dead, so he's the most powerful. Is she, though? Be- well, I mean, if, if you're saying the seizure killed her, then yes, maybe so. But if... if- okay, let, let's put it this way. She died in Last Stand. She died in Dark Phoenix. She died if, from the seizure. She she dead. <laughs> Dark I would, Phoenix. I would give, you, I would give you the Dark Phoenix death, but I won't give you the Last Stand death because Days of Future Past corrects that. So I'll okay, give you well, I'll give you Dark Phoenix or the Seizure, but I won't give you Last Stand. Why Why would Wolverine of all people like be responsible for taking care of Xavier if Jean Grey is still alive? Jean Grey has a mind that's more powerful. She would be the logical choice to stand around and help Xavier. No, Therefore, I agree. I, I agree, except that it may be, you know. Well, I mean, that's why I think I agree with you about the Seizure, but not Last Stand. That's my only point. You know. Okay. So she did. She did. <laughs> she she burst into flame like a fucking phoenix. Like she did. Um, yeah. How many rim shots I need for this too, episode? He, he, what? You know how many rim shots I need for this episode at this point? Well, I'm about to give you two more. Okay. Know, I, I think Magneto's not in this because he listened to too much heavy metal. Ha! Ah. But also because he probably got too much lead poisoning. Oh. Ah. Oh god. Oh come on, that lead poisoning's fucking funny. That would explain why. Fucking 
uh, Fossbender all of a sudden looks like McKellen. Like, it's just, it was just. Going back to the heavy metal thing, and yes, I know you're making a joke, but the one thing I did like is when in Apocalypse, when they go get Angel and he's listening to Metallica, the Four Horsemen, as he's being changed, I was like, yes. And I I realized this the other night. I think the guy who plays Angel, which technically he really becomes Archangel, right? Is it's the actor who's in Bohemian Rhapsody? He's one of the he's the he, uh, fucking he, uh, the, he, he's Brian May. He's the drummer. Yeah, that's yeah. who it was. I looked because um, I, I recognized him too, and I wasn't a hundred percent certain, so I looked it up, and yeah, he's Brian May. Yeah, dude, Logan for me, I have I have such a fondness for because logan logan changed the way i did rants for a brief moment okay because when i did my my rants it was really just like i was you could see i was nervous in front of the camera i didn't really know what to say and it was me just talking on and on and on and on and on which of course i never do um but when i walked out of logan i was shit-faced and i think i've seen this one i think i watched this one i definitely sent this to you Michael said, you've got to do this, but I'm like drunk right now. You've got to do a rant, right? As soon as I drop you off, I want you to film a thing. And I filmed the thing and I was shit faced and it, it, I was more relaxed. I did, it did become a regular thing. There were many, there were a couple right. of more times where I got drunk in front of the camera doing a rant. But Logan for me changed everything. And Michael always said that Logan is his, his my review of uh, Logan was his favorite because as soon as I filmed it, I pushed I pushed it out and I sent it to him and it was like a, like forty five minutes later he's like that was fucking fast I'm like good enjoy it I'm gonna pass out now. <laughs> um, I had so I was that I'm never that uh, person who will whoop whoop in a fucking movie yeah. or say holy fuck or anything like I was definitely that asshole I was that obnoxious asshole in this movie theater because it was a private screening was with my buddy Billy and he works at the movie theater and he showed you know he showed brought his friends over to watch a movie and okay. I got shit face and I was like you know then other some I was like holy fuck and then some woman tried to shush me and then Billy yelled at her, he's like shut the fuck up Rico's having fun like we've been waiting 20 years for this or that would have been better he yelled go about no I don't even think Billy's ever seen a Kevin Smith film. So, um, yeah, yeah, Logan's, Logan's, but it was a great way to say goodbye to that that character, and to a lesser extent that franchise. And as far as I'm concerned, that's how it should end. CJ here with a few thank yous and to let you know how you can get in touch with and follow the show and us. Listen to us on the Apple Podcast app, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or anywhere else you find your podcasts. Please don't forget to rate and comment. Podeskew is a member of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Visit their website, bigheadsmedia.com, and follow them on Twitter at Big Heads Media. If you want to agree with or yell at us, follow Rico, me, and the show on Twitter. The show is at Podeskew, Rico is at RanceRico, and I'm at M underscore Blade. We want to thank logo designer and show friend Mike for his work on our wonderful logo. You can contact him for artwork via email at logomike80 at gmail.com. That's logomike80 at gmail.com. Thank you to Dubbed in English for our opening theme music, 96 Reasons. Thank you to Samuel Lemons for our closing music theme, Askew. You can find Sam on Twitter at Samuel Lemons and his music on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash Samuel Lemons. 
Finally, our biggest thank you is to you, everyone, for listening. Rico and I really appreciate your time and look forward to bringing you another episode soon. He's all yours, Charles. That's got all the buzz. You have power I have never felt before. Critics are calling it unbelievably charming. Captivating. A delight to watch. Casey Walpole couldn't be more perfect as Naomi. You ready? The question is, are you ready? Get ready to see why. I don't know what is happening to me. Are you a superhero? Superheroes aren't real. What if they are? Naomi. All new tonight on The CW. Tonight at 9, only on DCW 50. Washington CW. 